Alexander Snitker, libertarian, Republican, and political hack, and Adrian Wiley, born-again anarchist and political has-been. Banter, blather, and joke about current events while attempting to figure out whether to keep trying to salvage our constitutional republic or just stock up on marshmallows to roast on the smoldering embers of society. It's time for Unattended Baggage. Why, thank you, Ledge. Hello, everyone in Podcastville or Internet Land or wherever you may reside. This is Alex, co-host, Unattended Baggage. Along with me is my radio life mate, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Adrian, chairman of the Building Materials Projectile Staging and Logistics Committee, the Western Florida Guild of Professional Anarchist Local Chapter 151. Wiley, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing pretty well. Doing pretty well. I think I'm uh, fighting a little respiratory uh, infection, though. You get the Rona? Uh, probably. Yeah, who knows? That's so, nice. Yeah. But uh, so if uh, forgive me if I cough more than usual in the uh, in this particular show. Oh, boy, that's yeah, that's going to be a thing. I know. Yeah. What am I going to do? Yeah. Well, so, what can you do? Well, we'll fight through it. So how you doing? Eh, eh, eh. You're always. Eh, you know? Yeah. It's getting rather tiring, actually. I, I you know what? You're <laughs> absolutely right. It totally is getting very tiring. I am very tired about it. Yeah. Yeah. You look very tired today. Yeah. I feel not, a little not, bit tired. Not sleep well. I didn't get enough sleep last night. Probably. That's probably yeah. what it was. Yeah. I went up going over to raise. I needed to go over to raise. So yeah. Went over to raise and uh, had a cigar and you know. nice little craft brew. I didn't know. I didn't end up not having any, but yeah, just wasn't in the mood. I did see that marker 48 has cans in Publix now, though. Yeah, yeah, you see them uh, around quite a bit now, Marker 48. So that was nice to see. Not a sponsor, by the way. No, not a sponsor. No, but just a local uh, craft brewery here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's nice to see in the, in the in the local places, though. Right, right. Yeah, I see that on a lot of restaurant menus. It's it's one of the ones, you know, Tampa Bay Brewing Company uh, gets a lot of love. Uh, Marker 48's now getting a lot of love. So, mm-hmm. yeah, good for them. Yeah, so. it's, it, you know, the next evolution for them, you know. Next thing you know, they'll put a, uh, a transgender person on a can. We'll be boycotting them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right, so hold on. I know you have it at the top of the link. We talked about it a lot last week. Um, I know it saved the show last week, but uh, if you want to, we can go live. <laughs> you really want to start with that? Just hold on. We'll do it. We won't do it for so, very long. You we are so addictive. We won't do it very long, but I actually want to talk about it a little bit right now. All right. Going live to the going live to the debate between artificial intelligence Trump and artificial intelligence Biden on Twitch. Let's see if we can pull it up here real quick. Show we call politics. All right, folks, let's move on to smarter questions than whatever just spewed out of Nick Ferfaro's bong addled mind. We need real inquiries here. Ones that don't involve fictional characters getting high or bizarre cart races with Hollywood celebrities. Who's got something substantial to ask? Step up your game before I start wondering if there are any competent brains left in this virtual wasteland. Red Clock, you think you can handle the heat. But let me tell you, playing with fire ain't for sissies like you. You better strap on your big boy pants because things are about to get hotter than a raging wildfire in California. And oh, 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 coffee may be cheap, but it's got nothing on my Tower of Terror burger at McDonald's. The flames of flavor will scorch your taste buds and leave you begging for. Okay, one thing I've noticed in the past week is it's gone downhill. It's yeah. Here's the thing. It's very. I think what's been identified at this point at this point is it's very formulaic. 
Well, what's happening is, is the AIs have stopped focusing on each other, and they're responding almost exclusively to, to the, the content section. chat. Yeah. yeah. And so what's happening is everybody in the chat is, you know, trying to essentially throw the AIs off their game, and they're just, yeah. they're making them say, they're not making them say anything, but they're, in the comments, they're just putting stupid random series of vowels, like you heard Trump saying. Mm-hmm. So it, it's, it's, and we've seen this a couple of times where the longer these AIs go and the more they interact with humans, the worse and dumber they become. <laughs> so what does that say about us? <laughs> well, it goes into the chat section itself, though. Like the problem right. is. In order for the AI thing to work, it's got to work off of getting information right. and then based off of that information, putting out things. Right. So the chat section is kind of dumb. Right. And because of that, it makes the, the AI... Like, if they were asking, like, smarter questions... Yeah. Then it would work better. Right. But we're not doing that. No. So, like, it's crap in, crap out. Exactly. Yeah. And so... And, and also, if you after you watch it for a little bit, you do realize... You've it's been watching it a lot, haven't you? A little bit, not not a ton though, because I was getting turned off by it though, because yeah. it was it was becoming like it was so formulaic, right? That and again, I guess there's nothing you can do about that, but that's where the the chat would have either saved it or screwed it up, right? And I think that the honestly, this is the human's fault. Yeah, yeah, and also, I, <laughs> look, it's you have to understand that this thing has been running twenty four seven for what three weeks, a month now, yeah, something like that. Um, so even for AI, it's hard to come up with new material. I mean, yeah. shit, it, it, it's hard. Well, that's for, why it keeps bouncing back to the, that's why it keeps leaning into the chat. Right. We do, we do two hours a month or two hours a week of material and it's hard to sometimes fill that. Yeah. Well, not usually, but I'm just saying if, if you were having to do that 24 seven, I mean, uh, you know, no, how, it, how soon do you run out of things to talk about? Yeah, it, it would be rough. And like I said, it, while initially, again, it was very funny, and it's still very funny. Right. It's become a little bit more formulaic now at this point, yeah. which kind of, you know. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so, I think we re- what we really need is some aliens in the chat. Yes. Some biologics. Yeah, some, uh, yeah. Uh, non-human biological entities. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what we really need. Oh, man. So uh, I don't know how many of you uh, are actually up to speed on this. Uh, surprisingly, people I talked to this week a lot of them haven't heard much of anything about this. Uh, but we had a uh, congressional hearing in the, uh, I forget which committee it was. It was uh, like the Homeland Security, uh, you know, and, and it wasn't the House Intelligence uh, Committee, but it was a committee that deals with a lot of, uh, you know, national threats and things like that. Yeah. Um, it was a congressional hearing. Right, right. And uh, so they uh, actually uh, did a hearing on UAPs, UFOs, and they uh, invited uh, the House Oversight Committee, by the House way. Oversight Committee for uh, Homeland Security, I think it was, right? Yeah. Uh, but they in, in, invited uh, David Grush, who we talked about on the show before, who was actually a whistleblower uh, who was uh, deeply involved in the U.S. intelligence services, a former uh, Air Force major. Um, and uh, from there, he went on to uh, work in the Pentagon on the UAP uh, task force and everything like that. And he came out uh, a couple months ago and said, hey, look, I've talked to several people, very high ranking government officials in the intelligence community who have told me that they have firsthand knowledge of 
us being in control of non-human spacecraft and non-human biological entities. Yes. Okay. Um, so that we talked about on the show a couple of weeks. Now they've actually uh, he and, and two other uh, um, you know uh, people uh, involved in aviation uh, you know for the U.S. military. One's uh, was a uh, a safety officer who was uh, you know uh, basically his job was to ensure that uh, military flights are safe and training flights and things like that. So he talked about how common these UAPs are. And the other one it was the actual pilot who filmed the famous TikTok uh, UAP video. Yeah. Okay, which I, I assume we've all seen by now. Now, this, the information that came out of this hearing was truly, well, if, if you follow this closely to begin with, there wasn't a ton of new ground covered. But just the fact that you had this information being presented to Congress in a bipartisan committee where um, U.S. Congress people were not only highly interested, but talking about how they've tried to get this information independently and have been completely stonewalled by the military. Yeah. Uh, so there's, there's a, a, some of the high points I want to take away is that what was revealed in this – and honestly – this should be front page banner headline news. You it know? should be. This should be the top story on every news outlet in America. Now it has gotten some media because, of course, you can't have. You can't do this without getting you some. Can't, yeah. But the level that it should get and the level that it's gotten is not the same thing. Exactly. Exactly. Not so, acceptable. At so least. this has been. This has been semi-suppressed i wouldn't say it's been completely suppressed because it has gotten some media coverage but it's gotten minimal the, probably the minimum you could get away with to the point where a lot of people don't know this actually happened this past wednesday so <coughs> excuse me i want to uh, go with some of the the takeaways uh from this hearing on wednesday um, one of the ones is defense contractors and the U.S. military are in possession of several non-human spacecraft. Now, defense contractors. So not only do we have, you know, potentially alien or interdimensional being spacecraft, we don't know. In fact, when they were referred to as extraterrestrials, um, actually uh, Grouch uh, corrected them and said, well, we, we prefer non-human entities because, you know, it, it's unclear <laughs> whether these are, you know, actual extraterrestrial or interdimensional or, you know, which yeah, I don't have that leaving, information. Yeah, they're leaving it very vague. Now, I'm sure there are people who know the exact origin of these, you know, uh, entities, but he didn't specifically. So he left it open. But what's interesting is it was revealed that defense contractors have these spacecraft. Yeah. Boeing, Lockheed, presumably. You know, there's probably one sitting at Skunk Works. Uh, there's probably, uh, what, what's the one that Boeing has? I forget Boeing's, like, extremely black project stuff. But but Boeing was mentioned by name uh, as to having one. Well, yeah, but here's the thing. If you're going to reverse engineer something, though, right. that would be the obvious choice <laughs> yeah. of who you would get to do it. The guys that actually make our military aircraft and mm -hmm. spacecraft. You know, those are the guys who are going to do it. Um, and it was also revealed that the U.S. government and defense crack, uh, contractors have bodies of non-human biological entities. Which is, again, that's one of those things where, with, with both A and B right now, right, like the next step needs to be show us the money. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, Congress has been trying to do this. And it's, it's interesting because 
some of the um, <laughs> representatives that I find most, you know, uh, reprehensible. Rep- perfect word. Thank you. Reprehensible are the ones that are chasing this down. You know, you got Matt Gates, you got Anna Polina Luna. Yeah. You got Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, so you got uh, the the pedo, the Trumpster, and the commie. <laughs> you know. Yeah, basically. <laughs> right. So some of the the worst people in Congress are actually working together on this. I haven't seen anything this bipartisan come out of Congress in a very long time. Yeah, because they're not really attacking each other no. when they're doing it. They're yeah. legitimately asking these guys questions. Right. Well, like, you know, they went to, uh, uh, I, I think it was Pensacola Naval Air Station because there was some type of incident there with UAPs and they got completely stonewalled. But what's interesting is they have now threatened to use the Holman rule, okay, against. Uh, military, Pentagon officials, intelligence com- uh, officials who are, um, you know, stonewalling them. And what that is, is it says Congress can essentially defund uh, any government agency or they can fire any individual government employee. Yeah. Okay. So actually now they've taken the step to say, hey, look, if you stonewall us, we're going to fire you, which I think is a good thing for disclosure. Now, uh, another thing that came out is that this program has been around since the 1930s. Yeah, that's another big one, by right. the way, of how long it's been around for. Right. So, like, in, it, of course, a big one that everyone's familiar with is Roswell. Mm-hmm. You know? So when Roswell happened, there was already a relatively mature U.S. government program in place to deal with alien craft and alien bodies mm-hmm. okay and so that's why it's interesting that you know this crash happened in roswell at first the people on the base were like what the hell is this holy crap let call call the media look what just happened mm-hmm. and then within 12 hours or the next day you know some other people came in from another government organization and the entire story changed mm-hmm. you know and that's probably why because they didn't have to like figure this out there was already They're a plan already, in place. Yeah, they already had a plan yeah. in place when it the comes to how do you cover it. Already existed. Yeah, you know, to use the you know, <laughs> it's a, it's a very apropos though. It it, it really is, and uh, clearly life imitating art, imitating life, kind of thing. <laughs> right, and and clearly it's not as you know. Well, we never know. Who knows? You know, it it might get to the point where we find out that the whole Men in Black thing was a lot closer to the truth than we ever believed. Yeah, you know? but done but done purposely. You never know. To, to distract. <laughs> you never know. Um, so uh, we also found out that people have been injured and killed attempting to re- reverse engineer this non-human tech. See, now, I, 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 when I heard that part of the testimony, I kind of looked at it both for two different ways, though. One was that people were injured or killed attempting to reverse engineer it, but also people were hurt trying to cover it up, too, Exactly. Though. Exactly. So both were said. Both were said. Yeah. And it's interesting because the way these guys answered questions. Now, the the two um, uh, military guys who had just had firsthand encounters and seen things themselves and talked to pilots, they didn't have a lot of information about the, the backstory, like what was going on. Behind the scenes. Behind the scenes. Whereas Grouch did because that was his job. Mm-hmm. He actually was in that program. And I actually yeah, talked so to people who ran. Three different people coming from different perspectives. Exactly. Yeah. Which was good. Um, it really was good. Well, good selection when it comes to the people that they had testifying. Right. 
Right. God, it's amazing when they can actually do their job correctly. Yeah, and so, uh, you know, it came out that whistleblowers have been aggressively threatened by government. Yep. Uh, and, and he alluded to the fact that, you know, some people had actually been injured and killed. But he didn't he, – he, there were so many things where he had to say, look, I can't specifically answer that question. Yeah, for, for okay. national security reasons but or whatever. But I can tell you in a SCIF, uh, which is a secure, contained information, whatever, format. I, I don't know what the, the acronym is, but it's basically where everyone goes in a sealed room with a Faraday cage and no electronics and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And they can actually, anyone with clearance can be read into a certain project. Yeah. Okay. So he is offering to do this to any of the members of the committee who all have top secret clearances. Yep. So they can be read into this information. Um, so he, he's, you know, he said, that's the sort of thing I'll tell you behind closed doors. Um, yeah. Congress has been stonewalled by the Pentagon, threatened to use a home and rule. We talked about that. Um, here's the other thing. It came out that the Pentagon has absolutely been misappropriating funds and using secret money to pay the defense contractors to do this reverse engineering to, you know, do all those sort of things. And it's one of the reasons that the Pentagon always fails audits. And I keep thinking back to Independence Day. You don't think they actually spend seven hundred dollars on a hammer, do you? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. It's it's that kind of thing. Um, so that that came out that yes, they absolutely are, uh, you know, hiding the money, laundering the money, and that's why they keep failing audits. And that's why. Well, we don't know where eight billion dollars went. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. That's exactly why. And, and yeah, and again, a lot of this stuff starts to make sense in other aspects. Exactly. Yeah. So you know, when you I'm, look at it from when you look at it from this perspective, if the government's got to hide the money right. in order to do the research to reverse engineer this stuff, what better way than the Pentagon? Yep. You know, and I'm sure that you can always wrap it around national defense. I'm sure there's a lot of other black projects that are being funded the same way, but this is at least one of them. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. The, yeah. It's it's not like it's not like everything they're doing that's black that's black stuff that's the black site stuff. Right. Is this stuff right but some of it is this stuff right it's like a category right now one of the things that uh, uh grush said was look if we can go behind closed doors i will give you a list of people and what they know and what they've had access to so that you can talk to them directly um but that has to be done in a skiff you know one of those secret rooms mm-hmm. um but apparently uh the intelligence community is not giving congress access (laughs) to any of those and apparently for whatever reason it's the intelligence community or the congressional leadership that controls these skiffs so so far they haven't been able to go to a skiff because every time they request one they're like nope so well i didn't know that part yeah okay so i don't know if that's changed in the past couple of days but up to the time of this committee they were trying to do this to the time of this hearing they were trying to do this and they were being denied access to the skiff so that he could disclose more information to him. Jesus. Right. Um, <clears throat> and yeah, like I said, it's it's crazy that we have, this is about the only bipartisan thing that people as extreme as Gates and AOC are willing to come together on. And they are all on the same page on this. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, it, it, it's really amazing that this has come out now in this format 
with this level of seriousness, with all these personal firsthand accounts by extremely reputable people, then Congress people saying, look, we've tried to confirm this with the Pentagon. We've been trying to get our hands on the files, and we are being stonewalled at every turn, aggressively stonewalled, so much so that Congress is now threatening to use their authority to start firing generals. You know, that's a big deal, you know. Yeah. I mean, the thing about it that I'm noticing is they're letting stuff out. Yeah. But then it's only going so far. Well, it's part of the plan. It's part of the plan. This is we are absolutely at phase two of the planned disclosure. And I don't know whose plan it is. Or whether it's just this is the way it's going to have to happen, and even if they don't want it to, this is the way it's going to play out. Uh, so I think that when the people who are trying to hide these things, their backs get up to uh, up against a wall to a certain point. They're like, all right, we'll admit to this part. Yeah, you know? because it, it, like we talked about in, in recent shows, you know, it, it, it was 2018 when they started releasing. Hey, look! Here's some here's some military footage of this thing that we don't know what is, and yeah. they never did that before. Um, and then you know what? We're going to go ahead and, and open this new program in the Pentagon to look into this sort of thing. They never. I mean, they did Project Blue Book in the '60s, but that was you know a, a ridiculous just overt cover up. Oh yeah, swamp gas, uh, Venus case closed. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, but now it's it's like so they started releasing some things out, and I actually asked. <laughs> Actually, someone put together a clip, and I don't think I put it in the show notes. But what it was, it was various former presidents. Uh, it was George W. Bush, Bill Clinton, and Barack Obama. And all of them were on various talk shows or in various interviews where they were asked about UFOs, about aliens, about things like this. And in all cases, they started to joke a little bit at first and then they got very serious and said, you know, I, I just really can't talk about that. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. We just, look, I, I can never say anything about that. And in each case, you could tell where like when they were asked the question, the audience would laugh like big joke and all that. And they would they would go along with it at first. And especially Clinton was much more like this. He actually goes, no, no, that's a valid question. That's a serious thing that, you know, that's a serious question. And then he says, you know, we really can't talk about what I know. Bush said the same thing. Obama said the same thing. And it's just when you have three former presidents coming out and saying that sort of thing, you know there's a lot more there. Yeah. But anyway, the bottom line is where we are on the the disclosure path is we're at the halfway point. Yeah. Pretty soon, I think that... Um, in this case, it looks like the Pentagon's hand is going to be forced if Congress gets their way. But pretty soon, they are going to reveal to us that, yes, we do have alien spacecraft. Yes, we are trying to reverse engineer them. And I don't know if they're going to tell us yet that they have alien bodies, but they're going to have to do that within the next what? couple of years. Okay, so yeah. The, the, but that's only the second step. There's a third step yet to come. What's the third step? The third step is to reveal that not only have we had crash vehicles and recovered vehicles and bodies, We've been in contact with several different alien species for decades, and we are actually in the early stages of being invited into a galactic federation, for lack of a better term. You know, I, I, it, I think that is the – and it sounds ridiculous. It really does sound crazy. Even when I say it out loud, it sounds crazy. But 
you know, there's, I don't think there's any other way that that could be possible. Now, it's also possible that (laughs) the, the actual reveal is that earth and mankind is, is one giant experiment, you know, (laughs) and that, that we were just, you know, um, put here to, (laughs) for who knows what, I mean, we're lab rats and, and that's a possibility as well. But the one thing I do believe is that whomever is watching us and studying us and flying around our skies is impressed with how far we've come. Okay. Well, okay. So, but I, and maybe even a little afraid of us. Okay. So the the, the next thing I wanted to ask was in all this in all this testimony that was that was discussed, there isn't really any talk about Area Fifty One. Right. And. I wanted to bring this up on the. You said something outside before the show, but like now I want to be able to elaborate on this. Right? How come there isn't the talk about Area Fifty One? Because it seems like so. It seems a little cliche. Right. But at the same time, it seems like that's where you know that's where they are. Uh, it's probably a red herring at this point. I mean, you got to figure Area Fifty One has been in the collective consciousness. It's like that's where the aliens are for thirty, forty years. And if that's where everyone thinks the aliens are, they're not there. Then they're somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, but you I'm have an idea of where they are, though. Well, I think they're probably at uh, various defense contractors for the most part. Even the biologics that they oh, yeah. discussed? And I'm sure they're deep underground. I'm sure they, you know, they're in places that nobody is ever going to stumble acro- across. Yeah. You know? Um, and I think probably, look, I don't think we're, I don't think we're holding these guys prisoners. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I think that they probably come and go as they please. Well, the dead ones might be there just right. to study. But. Yeah, and who, who knows you know, what the, the story is on that. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure that we are in contact, direct contact at very high levels, um, with multiple species of aliens. I don't know if they're interdimensional. I don't know if they're you know from the, the next star system over. I, I don't know their origin. I don't know if they've figured out faster than light travel. Um, or if they, you know, have figured out a way to go from their higher dimensions to project themselves into our, uh, you know, four dimensional reality. Yeah. Who knows? Um, but, um, you know, just, just from what I've seen from the way the government is reacting to this, it seems that that is the path that we're on. You know, we're on a path towards full disclosure. Maybe it's planned. Maybe their hand is being forced. Maybe they just can't hide it anymore. Um, but it, there is going to come a day here. I would say that probably based on this hearing, we're probably only a couple of years away, maybe, from um, the disclosure that we do absolutely have alien craft. Might even be sooner than that. You know, And that, yes, extraterrestrial or, or non-human biological entities, non-human intelligence exists. And we have the proof. Um, but that's only half the story. The rest of the story is, you know, yeah, we've known about it for a long time. Yeah, we've been in contact with them. Yeah, yeah we haven't told you. Yeah, and, and maybe we are. <laughs> maybe we're just a petrogist. Or maybe we're like, you know, Ukraine and wanting to join NATO, you know. But I think probably what's happened is, like I said, I think that if they exist, they are fairly impressed with us. And the reason I say this is they may be much more advanced than we are but it wouldn't surprise me if we and maybe it's because we were engineered this way have evolved much more rapidly than any other civilization 
I mean, if you think about how rapidly we've advanced in the past, you know, thousand years, couple hundred years, I mean, we've gone so far in such a short period of time, whereas perhaps other civilizations aren't as creative as we are or imaginative as we are. And it takes them, you know, thousands of years to evolve new technology where it's things we're doing in, in decades or centuries. Well, it you depends know. on how long you think we've been here, too, though. How long humans have been here? Yeah. yeah probably about a million years so, as humans. But yeah. I'm saying is that all, all the advancements that you're talking about are just in the, in the recent history. Well, you, you got to figure If you're going to yeah. go back that far. If, if the, the exponential acceleration of our technological advancements, because we are advancing at an exponential rate. At this point. Yeah. And that's something that I think is uh, is, is pretty impressive to whoever's out there. And I think, like I said, either it's it's enough to uh, to make us a junior member of some galactic club, or maybe it's just a result of the fact that they've been tweaking us for, you know, <laughs> millions of years. Could be both. But who knows? Right. Exactly. It, it could literally be both. Or it could be something that we can't even imagine. Yeah. Yeah. The possibilities really are just. It could be that we are just a simulation, and these are actually we're all the NPCs, and and these guys are the players. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it could it be could, something like that. Could be a lot of different stuff. Yeah. So it, it just very fascinating, very interesting time to be alive, um, and uh, you know, just it also interesting how little attention this is getting because it, in my mind it's earth shattering. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's the thing too, though. Like again, here's the thing. I, at this point, though, in order to get above where they're at right now, we need to see that. We need to see the spacecraft. Right. Like, you got to show it to me now. Yeah. Like, I got to see it now. We're probably flying a few of them. Maybe. Yeah. Or maybe that's where some of the interactions have (laughs) been, though. Yeah. Some of the UFOs. Maybe that's where some of the injuries have been. Might be us driving them. Yeah, or crashing them. <laughs> or crashing them, right. Or, like, just stopping at such an accelerated, or such a, a, like, decelerated so quickly that it caused, you know, injury to the human body. Well, you would you would have to think that if an alien or, you know, non-human biological entity exists in our physical reality, in our space-time, they would be governed by the same laws of physics that us as us. And I'm pretty sure that no biological entity could withstand the gravitational forces of some of the maneuvers that uh, you know these, they're doing. these UAPs have been shown to do. So that tells me that most likely uh, they have uh, some type of gravity dampening, gravity you know uh, negating technology. Yeah, that that allows them to essentially ignore the laws of physics within a, a small area. Yeah. Either way, it's very interesting. Yeah, I, yeah, I really totally want to see where this goes. But you know, like it, it's amazing how accurate coast to coast has been now. I know, I know. It's it's funny now that all these things that were just so crazy and so laughed off are now just that you were considered a wild conspiracy theorist for believing. It's I know so many. This of is those. all an attempt to just to falsely discredit the flat earthers. By oh, the way. Sh- <laughs> oh God! Don't, please, 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 Lord, don't let that be true. <laughs> because I'm if, kidding. If it actually, I'm totally hang on kidding. a second. If it actually comes out that the Earth is flat, I'm going to be so upset. <laughs> I'm going to fall off the side because I'm not buying that one. I'm falling off. The having side. said that, though, having said that, it could be, and we discussed this a couple of weeks ago. It could be that we are actually living 
in a two-dimensional plane that is actually just projected as three and four dimensions, with time being the fourth dimension. So it, it's quite possible that technically the entire universe and therefore the Earth are really flat. <laughs> so, <laughs> and that would go a lot further towards simulation theory. But anyway, we're we're getting in the weeds. But there was a very very interesting uh, technology breakthrough this week, and that is the first room temperature ambient pressure superconductor has been achieved uh, by scientists in South Korea, and that is almost as important a breakthrough as the net positive energy fusion reaction that we had a few months ago. Yeah. Okay. Because what that means is that energy, electricity, can be transported virtually any distance with virtually no loss, no impedance, no ohms. Um, so it's it would could mean that we are on the verge of becoming a class one civilization, which a class one civilization has the capabilities of harnessing all the energy that a planet, an entire planet, uh, can produce. And if, if, if we get to the point where we have fusion and we have uh, room temperature, ambient pressure, superconductivity, uh, essentially energy in, in virtually any capacity is no longer an issue. We have the, the at that point, we will have the energy to power virtually anything at you know for for no cost and when i say no cost uh, i'm not only talking about you know minimal cost in terms of dollars but i'm talking about cost in terms of resources as well and also cost in terms of any type of uh, pollution or effect on you know atmosphere or climate or anything like that because it is completely clean completely lossless and perpetual and, and free you know, um, so it's that was really a big breakthrough. And if this is actually confirmed and repeatable, uh, this is going to be huge. Uh, like I said, we are we're in such an interesting time right now because yeah, there like, are it's a boy. The true words it, have not it, been spoken. It, it's so amazing to be alive and witness all these things because we're but yet so distracted at the same time. Right. Of all and, this other and stuff. And also that so dangerous. Matter. Yeah. You know, because <laughs> we're literally talking about, you know, aliens one. Apparently, alien spacecraft and aliens are real. For for all intents and purposes, at this point, it is hard to argue after last week's hearings that there's not something real there. Okay, based off of the people that <laughs> right. came forward, yeah, and their level unless of credibility, it's, unless it's some giant scam for some bigger reason. Oh God, I hope it's not and that. It, though. I really it, hope look, it's not that. I hope it's not that. I I think that the probability of it being that is exceptionally low, but I can't completely say it's impossible that this isn't some giant elaborate scam. Yeah. For what reason I don't know, but it is possible. But having said that, now we're on the verge of fusion energy, uh you know, room temperature superconductivity. Um, the AI that's going to try to kill us all. <laughs> I mean, there's just so everything going on with SpaceX and trying to get interplanetary. Right, right. Which, could that be part of this as well? Uh, well, it could be. You know, and actually, you know, there's there's some indications that we already are interplanetary. There's actually some somewhat credible evidence that we actually already the U.S. government has several people living on Mars in an underground extraterrestrial base. 
I mean, and the way that became public very interestingly was was in uh, Pentagon payroll records. <laughs> so there are actually some people on the payroll that are uh, extra planetary officers, and it was shown that they weren't you know on planet currently. And they weren't any known astronauts. <laughs> so either <laughs> there's there's a lot of again, that, that's kind of weak evidence. But still, there's there's some indication that that might already be the case. We humans might already be living on Mars. Yeah. You know. So anyway, just a, a very interesting time to be alive. Um, but they do keep trying to scare us, don't they? Yes, they do. Especially with the climate change. So if you have been listening to the news this week, you probably haven't been hearing about aliens, but you have been hearing about this deadly heat wave. Okay. All right. Um, well, it, it, as bad as it is here, about uh, as bad as the hype and the hyperbole is in the U.S., it's worse in the U.K. Uh, it's so bad that the BBC is having to um, <laughs> debunk the debunkers of their climate data. <clears throat> and they're not doing a very good job because several people have come out and pointed out that the BBC is reporting temperatures in a lot of different places and the actual data from the weather stations that they're reporting on is different than what they're showing. Okay. And almost more interestingly is that in other areas, the BBC is showing the actual temperature on their like their apps and their website and things like that but then when they report it in the news they're reporting a, a completely elevated temperature sometimes by like you know 10 or 15 degrees fahrenheit oh my god right yeah and so they're saying it's it's this deadly heat wave and so there's there's a lot of that going on right now and of course the bbc said oh yeah that was a glitch with our uh you know our app of course it was. but there's a lot of indications is what they've started doing is they've been recording the ground temperature in cities, which, okay, folks, you know that if it's, say, 85 degrees outside, the concrete beneath your feet that's Way been baking that. in the sun all day is probably going to be 110 degrees. Yeah. Right? Okay, everybody knows that. So what the, the accusation is is that the BBC has been taking the ground temperature readings, not the air temperature readings. Yeah. And it's always been air temperature. That's what they've done. And, uh, you know, I've been seeing this all week this week in U.S. media about how horrible it is. And here's just a couple of headlines. Uh, Biden acts to protect workers as temperatures soar in record-setting July. Uh, that's a, a uh, Reuters article. And one quote from the article is, the growing frequency and intensity of severe weather is symptomatic of global human-driven climate change that is fueling extremes, experts in the field say, with heat waves in much of the world expecting to persist through August. Okay. Another article is, scorching heat stresses U.S. power grids. Prices soar. And uh, a, a quote from there is, AccuWeather meteorologists forecast temperatures would reach the 90s uh, Fahrenheit in New York, Los Angeles, Chicago, Houston, and Houston over the next few days, and over 110 degrees in Phoenix. That compares with normal highs of 85 in New York, 83 in Los Angeles, 85 in Chicago, and 95 in, H 95 in Houston, and 106 in Phoenix. Okay. Now, another article is Phoenix brings in refrigerated morgues to prepare for influx of heat-related deaths as temperatures soar above 110 degrees. Now, I wanted to look into the data on this because, as you guys know, I'm a data guy. 
Um, so I went to the historical records for Phoenix, okay, and I'm pulling them up right now, and I'm looking at yesterday's temperature, okay? Now, yesterday's high temp was 115 degrees, okay? That's pretty damn hot. Now, the average temperature on this day in Phoenix, what do you think it is? Uh, I don't know. 106. <laughs> That's the average temperature. What do you think the record high is in Phoenix? 121. You're exactly... Oh, you pulled it up, yeah, didn't you? It up, <laughs> All right. 121 is the record high. So, essentially... Uh, this high, it's not the hottest it's ever been. It's not the hottest it's ever been. It's how hotter far, than the, the average. How, it's hotter than the average. How far do you think that the uh, the records go back for that record temperature? I don't know, like 50 years. 75. 75 years. So 1948 is when they actually started recording this data. All right, so that's yesterday it was not the record high. Let's go the day before. Okay, let's see here. So the 27th of July. All right, average historic temperature, 106. Actual, 115. Very hot. But I mean, the, that 10 degrees makes a difference. It's a big difference. It's hot. What's the record? 121 again. 118. <laughs> All right. Let's, let's go back another day here. Um, let's go back to, uh, what was this? I think this is Tuesday. Okay. Tuesday did tie a record, 117, and the record was 117. Okay. So Phoenix is hotter than average, and it's touching on records a couple of days in the last 75 years. And that's the other thing. When the media comes out and says it's, it's breaking records everywhere. Well, it's it's yeah, maybe by a degree or two in some places here and there. But I wanted to look at the other uh, cities they mentioned. Let's go to New York City, okay? They're talking about that, how how horrible that is right now. Okay, so let's take a look at yesterday. Well, yesterday was actually 93 degrees, but the average temperature in this day is 87, okay? And the record is 98. Let's go back a day, okay? And again, these records only go back to 1948. Okay, so they're only 75 years, a single person's lifetime. Uh, yesterday, it was 95 degrees. Yeah, that's hot. Okay, what's the record? 100 for that day. Okay, not a record there. Let's, you know, you can take Chicago. We'll do the same thing there. Um, Chicago, yesterday, 92 degrees. I mean, it's degrees. definitely hotter than normal, though. It's, it's hotter than normal. By a decent amount. It, look, yesterday, Chicago was 92 degrees. The record's 100 degrees. But... Here's my point. It is absolutely hotter than normal. It is a hot summer worldwide for a couple of different reasons. We have a solar maximum. It's an El Nino year. Yeah. Okay. And globe man-made effects might have a an effect on it as well. Yeah. Okay. Now, having said all that, the way the media is portraying this is we are climate all is going to die, yeah. and this is absolute proof of climate change. And they are, if you go and talk, like, I've been talking. They are not letting a crisis go to waste. No. Well, it's not even a crisis, though. It's a hotter. A manufactured crisis. It's a hotter than average summer, and that's about the most you can say. Is it a record-breaking? Well, on a couple of days, in a few places, records have been broken. Okay? Yeah. That is true. But that happens almost every year. You know, and if you go over a 10 year period or a 20 year period, it's guaranteed that it's happened within that period. Now, the interesting thing is the way people react to it. And I've been talking to a lot of people this week and almost to a person, they say, oh, my God, it is so hot this year. It's never been this hot. OK. And this is in the Tampa Bay area. And I'm like, actually, this feels kind of mild for late July in Florida. 
It, it from my perspective, it hasn't been too bad. So I wanted to check it. Okay, um, yesterday in Tampa, high ninety four. Okay, uh, historic average ninety one, record ninety seven. Day before, let's see. It was 90 degrees the day before. The historic average was 91, and the record is 97. So really, for, for our area, we're pretty much right in that average. You know, I mean, that's what we're seeing here. Yet, because of all the media hype, they've convinced everyone that we're living in this hellscape. You know, and this is proof that man-made climate change is here and we're all going to die. And it's... Look, it's just so disingenuous, and I get so tired of them taking a little kernel of truth and turning, exaggerating it into something that's so not true. And the BBC is now, to, to make their point, even falsifying data. And I wonder how long, right now, in the U.S. media, they're just kind of spinning it, you know. Yeah. But I wonder how long before they actually start falsifying the data. You know, I wonder how long uh, before I can't even pull up this this historical data because, you know, it would it would disagree with the narrative. Yeah, it'd be misinformation or out of context right. or. Yeah. yeah, this wasn't this isn't in context. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. You're not or, taking the proper or hang context on a second. with it. I'm not a scientist, so I can't interpret this data. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. you don't have the proper I, credential. I, I can't look at. Well, what's the average? What's the record? And say, okay, it's it's hotter than average, but it's not a record. I I can't say that because you know I, I I'm not you're not qualified. a climate scientist. I'm not qualified to to interpret that data. <laughs> <you know? laughs> and I'm not qualified to say, well, it is an El Nino year, and we are in a solar maximum, so it's probably not that surprising that we're having a hot summer globally. Yeah, you know. <laughs> but even the ones that will admit to those other things are saying that. Those things, it wouldn't be as bad without the human uh, aspect of it. That is literally for four billion years. Well, not quite four billion years, but for at least the last, you know, uh, say hundred million years on this planet, those have been the key driving forces of our entire climate. And the key driving forces of all the changes from when, you know, it was the entire planet was encapsulated in ice to when there were no ice caps on the planet at all. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's literally those are the things that have driven it long before man even existed. Yeah. You I, know? Yeah. No, I mean, don't get me wrong. The number of people that are on the planet now is more than, you know, is, is, is a lot more than it was back then. That the growth well, back of then humanity, there were zero humans on the planet. What I'm saying is that the buildup. I'm talking the, about. But the, in the buildup. Right. Yeah. You know, there's been more humans. Yeah. I, but again, and I can't say, I still can't say that man hasn't had some impact on the client, but I You got to say they've had something. It might, but in, in in the reality, I honestly think it's like 1%, 2%. Well, it's I, a negligible look, number. Look, I think that the yeah. people that claim that humans are like uh like the virus on the planet are right. like the people that hate him hate themselves anyway though. Right. Like they hate they hate humanity in well, general, and want to like be able to point to something of like this, this is why we should kill ourselves. Listen to this statement in the media right here: the growing frequency and intensity of severe weather is symptomatic of global, human-driven climate change that is fueling extremes. Okay, right there, it's not saying it, 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 anyway. It, it's just know that when the media is telling you some of these things. They're not necessarily flat out lying, 
but they are absolutely spinning and exaggerating. Yeah, and in the case of they're the BBC, doing it to fit an agenda. The, in the case of the BBC, it, it could be considered lying because they've changed the way that they've they were taking readings <laughs> yeah. from from air temperature to ground temperature, and that would be significantly different. And they were doing that because they want to. They have a conclusion that they want, and they're going to make the data fit that. That's yeah. That, that's that's absolutely correct. Yeah. Now the next thing I put, and I stuck this with this though, right? And I was curious on your take on this part though, um, is a uh, a vital system of ocean currents could collapse much sooner than expected. Scientists warn, and it says here a critical system of ocean currents could collapse much sooner than expected as a result of the deepening climate emergency, according <laughs> right. to findings of of a new study potentially wreaking havoc across the globe. Peer reviewed analysis published Tuesday in Nature Communications. Estimated that the Atlantic meteorologic uh, overturning circulation AMOC, of which the Gulf Stream is a part, w- could collapse around the middle of the century, or is, or even as early as 2025. Boy, what a difference in time! By the way, either 2050 or 2025. Right. Yeah. Um, climate scientists who were not involved in the study acknowledged that the current has become less stable, but urged some caution in parsing the findings of the research. Now. <laughs> when you hear that that's saying that this thing's probably shitty yeah well look i actually haven't done the research about this but i do know the gulf stream i do know that it changes year over year um i do know there that are fluctuations there are major fluctuations um and it uh that actually does have a major effect specifically on northern europe Okay, um, it has less on us because it always is going to co- curve around the west coast of Florida. It has no choice but to do that. Yeah. Uh, but when it goes out to you know, its strength has a major effect on the northern uh, northwestern European climate, um, and also the Atlantic coast, uh, the northern Atlantic coast to some degree. But I haven't done really my due diligence on this research yet, so I'm not going to give a firm answer. Uh, but I will say that when you get a statement like climate scientists who were not involved in the study acknowledge that the current has become less stable, but urge some caution in parsing the findings of the research. I would say that those are some guys that are saying, eh, this sounds like some dubious shit, but we don't want to lose our grant money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, um, so I, I think that any time that someone is saying that an entire planetary system that has existed for eons millions of years okay um is going to collapse in two years is full of shit two years or 27 years even if they say it's yeah 27 years uh, they're probably full of shit is it changing sure is it part of a natural pattern we don't know how how many years of data do we have on it what do we have maybe 75 100 years of data yeah we do and that's the thing in all these things we do not have enough data to know anyway and when you say it's never been like this before they're almost always talking about a period of 40 years 50 years 75 years maybe 100 years yeah they're not putting they're not giving you the proper context yeah, it's, what they're saying itself is misleading Compared to what they really mean or what right. they, what they can actually back up as far as data goes. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And so it's it's so much of it is so meaningless and they're drawing conclusions that, the, the, you know, you just don't have enough data to support. But again, I can't say for sure what this situation is because I just haven't done enough research into it. But maybe I will for next week. But anyway, one thing I know for absolute certain is that uh, the people 
who rule this country are just too fucking old. We now have the U.S. hospice of uh, representatives and uh, what I like to call the U.S. sanitarium. (laughs) <laughs> yes very aptly named okay very aptly named. so this actually got a lot of play uh mitch mcconnell uh, basically as it should locking up in the middle of straight up somebody needed to reboot that guy you know i yeah. mean call tech support and they're play gonna, the, you're playing the clip they're though. gonna say have you turned it turned them off and back on again yeah yeah i'm gonna go ahead and play this clip and folks this is going to be uh included in this clip is going to be a long period of silence and I, we're just going to let that play. So, so be prepared. Yeah. After finishing the NDA, uh, this is this week, Mitch McConnell giving a, a morning briefing. And a string of. And now he stopped moving. He's just staring like dead-eyed into space. Yeah, not moving at all. Yeah. And think about how long this is. And now everyone's looking around like, what's going on here? And now they're approaching him. Like, are you right? Okay, Mitch. Anything else you want to say? Or should I just go back to your office? Do you want to say anything else to the press? And then he doesn't really say anything. No, no. They just guide him away. And, and he, he, do, he doesn't respond. He doesn't answer. He's like holding on to things. He's still standing up. He's still standing up, but he's, he's you know, he's so being braced. The, uh, we're coming up on the one-year anniversary. So a- anyway, one of his... And uh, then somebody else comes in and says... One of his so. aides uh, took over for him. Or another senator, maybe. Um, I, yeah, I'm not sure that... I think that's like his chief of staff or something. Okay. I'm not 100% sure. But yeah, that guy probably had a mini stroke. Now, he's the not Republican saying, head of the Senate. Yes, he is the Senate Minority Leader. Yeah, yeah, the highest-ranking Republican in the U.S. Senate. Yeah, <laughs> you know that—that's that guy. Well, it's come out now that I guess a couple days ago he fell down. I uh, know it was actually a, a few months ago. No, no, and Again? a couple days ago. Oh, he fell down a couple yeah. days ago. Okay, yeah, because he had a concussion a few months that's ago. That's true. He fell down. That's true. Look, this guy—he does not need to be in Congress. Let's go ahead and, and do another one. This is uh, just to be bipartisan. Just to be bipartisan. This is a Democrat, uh, Diane Feinstein. Uh, and uh, here, I'll just play the clip. You, you got to hear this. All right. So this is a committee hearing, and they're we doing a roll vote. call uh, to vote on an item. Okay. Yeah. So this is when they go around and say, Senator so-and-so, you know, I or nay, you know, mm-hmm. uh, up or down vote. Okay. So here's here's what's going on. We'll go ahead and play the clip. We will now vote to report the defense appropriations bill favorably subject to amendment. The clerk will call the roll. Senator Feinstein. Um, you say I. Pardon me? I. Yeah. Okay. So her... Somebody's telling her to say yeah, I. Somebody is telling her, say I. You say I. Yeah. And, and she goes, okay, yeah, well... And, and then listen to where she goes. After they called her name, t- said it was a yes or no vote, and um, <laughs> you know she was prodded twice to say yeah. I, and now here's what she does. Uh, to say. I, I would like to support a yes vote on this. Um, it provides 823 billion. That's an increase of 26 billion for the Department of Defense, and it funds priorities submitted. Okay, and now there's somebody else whispering in her ear. Say hi. Just say hi. All you got to do is say hi. Yeah. 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 Just say hi. Okay. Just. Hi. Thank you. 
Wow. Wow. She had no idea what was going on. And she was told to just say I. I counted and over seven and over different again. times. Yeah. And here's the thing. Okay. First of all, she has no business being in Congress. But if she's that out of it and she's just being told what to say by other people, she's not She's not your representative. She's not your representative, you know? And she's what? How old is she? 86? No, 90. Oh, she's 90. (laughs) Jesus. And look, folks, we've got so many of these people. And look, the two front runners for president are, you know, either in their 80s or late 70s. You know, how old is Trump? What's he, 78? Uh, He's pretty old. Biden's 80? I mean, uh, come on, people. Yeah, Feinstein's 90 years old. (laughs) How old's McConnell? Trump's 77. Okay, it's still too fucking old. Yeah, yeah, and <laughs> McConnell's eighty-one, right? Right, and it's not even his age as much as it is um, cognitive ability right now. Oh yeah, yeah. Because it, look, you can have an eighty-year-old that's like right on it and yeah, smart as a whip. Yeah, you can that's have true. that, but well, hang on These people aren't actually it right now. Look, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say that no matter what, when you're in your eighties, even if you're sh- still you know very sharp and very with it. You're nowhere near where you were in your 40s or your 50s or even your 60s. No, no, that's true. You that's know. absolutely true. Just, and it starts going downhill fast. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And a lot of times you can't even tell when someone is really, you know, falling off that like, curve. Here's the thing. The sad thing about it is this, though, is that these people are up there because they continue to get reelected. Right. Which means when they go and have to run for their local areas, right? Or for for Senate you're running statewide, for Congress you're running within a limited area. Right. A lot of the people that we're talking about right now are senators. So Diane Feinstein in California, huge state, none of the other Democrats will really pose a challenge to her. Right. Which means that they're endorsing her cognitive decline basically. Right. Yeah. The people aren't begging for somebody else so they'll keep it going right who do you blame right you blame these people again you can blame these people and they definitely deserve to be blamed and here's the thing why would you stay up there go home go home retire yeah exactly hey one quick point i want to make is we talked in the second hour about jason aldean's video last week and i said it was racist because it didn't include any video of any black riots Remember that? Yeah. And, and you kind of disputed me, but you admitted that it was all white people in the riots in the video. Well, guess what? It came out that they altered the video and edited sometime late last week um, or the week before, before we uh, reported on it, that they edited out all the Black Lives Matter scenes. <laughs> so I was absolutely right that it was racist because they didn't include any black rioters in that video, the, uh, the small town video. So yeah, just, <laughs> I, I, I just want to say that I called that one. I noticed that one. And yes, it is racist. Maybe not for the reasons you think, but definitely for those reasons. <laughs> it's just a bad situation. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, guys, uh, that's it for hour number one. If you'd like to join us in the second hour, go to patreon.com forward slash unattended baggage. Sign up, become a subscriber. You get a whole bunch of swag, uh, autographed copy of my book, Anarchist Guild Challenge Coin, and an extra hour of content. We'll see you on the other side.